Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, attorney Kim Hegwood of Your Legacy Legal Care and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning and welcome to Life Happens with me, Kim Hegwood, and our very special guest today is Lee Howe with Beehive Homes of Spring. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Kim? And uh, I'm doing great. And so and, uh, life is good. God is good. You know, everything's just coming up roses. How's that? <laughs> That's <laughs> a perfect fit. Yeah, I tell people I'm truly blessed. And so and I, I'm so thankful for it every day. And um, so, but today we're not talking about me today. We're going to talk about, uh, talk about you really more about your knowledge. So we're going to be talking about the top three dementia tips and suggestions. And so, and uh, we really have focused our, our elder law practice, you know, uh, on dementia because we're having more and more clients that are you know, getting diagnosed with some type of dementia related you know, illness. And so, so, you know, we always encourage them to come to us, you know, when they get, you know, if you get a diagnosis, come in with, you know, let, let us know that kind of stuff. And, uh, and tell our listeners from your perspective, you know, why it's important to connect with experts and, um, and get advice. Uh, to um, get that advice, I think is because you need to know firsthand um, what, where you're at with the disease process and um, what direction, that kind of gives you the direction where to go from there, you know, um, you know, seeking what type uh, of dementia, where it uh, may have derived from. And then um, that is, that helps you move on to the next step. We find that a lot of clients will get a diagnosis of dementia from their primary care physician without doing any testing without doing anything, they're just like, oh, you're forgetful. You just, you have dementia, you know, here's a prescription. Um, we encourage clients to see a neurologist for that second opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, um, that would be my next step would be to seek that professional help of, um, you know, trying to figure out what to do. Um, we'd get the testing done that needs to be, te- that needs to be done and completed. Uh, to figure out what is the actual next step from that point. So, you know, when you're thinking about experts, um, you know, our your neurologist or a neurologist, you know, a lot of times a geriatric neurologist uh, is one of the experts that, you know, that we find that we tend to send clients to a lot. And um, what kind of experts do you recommend that, uh, that your clients, you know, should connect with in order to help facilitate, you know, their, their journey and to gather information. Well, again, first, it's going to be the neurologist. That's going to be your first step. Absolutely. And next would be lead sources, um, people that deal with placement uh, to help you find uh, placement for your um, loved one with dementia. And uh, they can lead you into, and Honestly, the Alzheimer's Association is the primary place to start, honestly, and uh, because they can give you all of the resources, a list of resources that you need to uh, to help you out. And then from there, that will help you move into lead sources, uh, people that can connect you with the um, 
with facilities that can help you out. And so do you find that uh, a lot of the people you speak to um, don't do that? There are some that try to venture out on this on their own um, simply because they don't know. Uh, they don't understand. They haven't been led in that direction, um, you know, because you get the diagnosis uh, for this for your loved one. And your first thought is, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, where, where do I go? I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. And uh, so I, my first thing is to get in contact with the uh, Alzheimer's Association. I mean, that is a prime place to start. Um, but there are a lot of people that try to venture this on their own and, and you wear yourself down trying to come up with that solution and, uh, and the stress that uh, that's entailed with that. Well, we find that, you know, that clients have different ideas about, you know, what they should do or how they should do it. Um, you know, and, you know, sometimes it takes them a while to come to decisions because they yeah. you know, seem to have a fear of making a decision because they don't want it to be the wrong one, you know, because this is somebody they love and care about, you know, so they really want that to occur. And so, you know, but, you know, we talk to clients a lot too about, you know, how important it is to get help, you know, before you get burned out. And so, so what suggestions do you have for our listeners, you know, in that regards? Plan A normally for most people is they want to figure out what they can do to care for that person at home. And that's natural. And um, that would be my first thing that I would want to do is to try to figure out how to care for my loved one, where we're at at this moment. And uh, but you always need to have plan B and plan B is having that place to uh, place that person for the care uh, that's needed and uh, a, a place that, um, you know, that they're going to be taken care of. Because, yes, decision making is uh, is very difficult and because you want to make sure that, oh, my gosh, this is their thought. Am I making the right decision? Is this choice going to be the right choice? And you're going to continue to do that. You're going to have that even though you choose somewhere to uh, place your loved one. You're going to keep going. Am I making the right decision? Am I making the right decision uh, doing that? Because they, they want them to be cared for like they were at home. No one can care for your loved one like you can. So you gotta, you've got to find that that place that uh, will give you the next best thing to home. Yeah. It reminds me of, of conversations I have with clients who have minor kids, you know, you are the best person to raise your kids, but who's second best, you it know, you know, and you're actually correct. It, it really works, you know, on the other spectrum as well. And so, and a lot of people, you know, money's always a problem, you know, in regards to, you know, can I afford it? You know, what, you know, what kind of money do we need to be spending? You know, when it comes to placement, you know, does price, you know, equal the type of care? I mean, if I'm spending more money, am I getting better care? I mean, how does that equate in the real world versus, you know, what we might think about in our head? Oh, no, most definitely not. Um, you can spend tons of money, um, it, 
because, you know, there's the old saying, you know, you, you get what you pay for. And a lot of people lean to that, you know, um, but it's not always so. Um, the one thing that you want to look for, uh, you're going to meet with a marketing person first and they're going to give you that bright smile. And, um, you know, this is you're going to get the great care here and this is what's going to happen. And this is how we're going to go to take care of them. And I would suggest to people that speak with the director of that building as well. Meet with the care staff. Uh, you're not going to get to see every care staff person. But when you're touring um, that building, um, my suggestion is stop and talk to those caregivers. You know, ask a couple of questions to them uh, and get a feel. And most of the time, as you're there for a few minutes, you're going you're gonna to get a feel of what's going on. And uh, because you're going to feel it inside and you're going to know when it's heartfelt and when somebody really cares, uh, you're going to, and by meeting that director and speaking with them, you're going to know how, what their outlook is on it and what their plan is to care for uh, your loved one. And uh, th those are important things. You're naturally going to have meetings after you sign the paperwork and you get meeting, uh, get get them settled in you know you're going to have your care plan meetings and um and what their idea is to take care of them but just kind of have that that feel um for that person and because they're going to let you know and if they're a uh, caring person they're, they're definitely going to let you know uh, compassion is one thing with dementia that you definitely have to have uh, a love and compassion for people period. Um, I really think that um, that's that's first and foremost. And without that compassion, they're just getting care. And uh, oh, yeah. but you have to have that love that goes with it for people. Uh, so you mentioned something earlier that triggered a, a question for me. You said you should stop and, and ask a, the caregivers there some questions. Sure. Could you tell our listeners what kind of questions you think are appropriate that they should be asking those caregivers? Um, it might not directly be questions of, oh, well, how do you handle this situation or how do you handle that situation? But just generally speaking to them, because you can get a feel or a vibe from that person, you know, uh, their attitude is the one thing that you're that you're looking for. If you see them in action there while you're touring um, and you see what they're doing with other residents, then you can tell that whether someone loves someone or and they care for them or not. And uh, the one thing that I can say or suggest to people is um, any when you're um, helping someone with dementia, don't always try to pull that person into your date, your time, and in your world. The best thing you can ever do for them is you go to wherever they are, wherever their world is at that moment, because every day is different. Sometimes every hour is different. And uh, just making that connection with them wherever they are and compassionately care for them, walk with them, 
um, and your conversation is based on wherever they are at that moment. And uh, that is most definitely the best thing you could ever do uh, for someone with dementia when you're caring for them. I find that if you just kind of, you can just watch people and because uh, I'm one of those that I believe that actions speak louder than words. You can talk yes. the talk, but you got to be able to walk the walk. Yes. So a lot of times you can tell by how people, how a caregiver is treating that person they're doing something with at the time. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, the willingness to speak to you as you walk through the room. Um, and if you ask them a question, then how willing are they to answer that question for you? You know, that makes a it makes a lot of difference because that lets you know that you can have a relationship with that person as well. And uh, caring for uh, dementia uh, uh, patients or residents, you um, you're not only caring for that resident, but you're caring for that family as well because they're having a very difficult time doing what they're doing. There, there's even a sense of, of guilt of, on my word. Um, I feel so guilty about placing my mom, my dad, my brother, sister um, in somewhere that, or they feel guilty because they themselves feel that they can't care for them. And that just, it's very hurtful for them. And they're going through a very rough time. And so that same love and compassion that you have for that resident, you need to have for that resident's family as well. So besides uh, the probably good caregivers, always think food, always tell clients, make sure you eat. Yes. And absolutely make sure they feed you lunch or something. Cause if the food's not any good, it doesn't matter. You gotta, you know, you gotta eat. So you always you gotta have to eat and they have to enjoy it because sometimes with dementia, you know, mm -hmm. as you know, that, you have uh, a difficult time getting them to eat. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, so the, yeah, if it doesn't taste good, that makes it even worse. It makes it worse. Absolutely. It does. So what other things should somebody be looking, uh, important things that somebody should be looking for in a care community? In a, in a care community? I, I think that the, um, we definitely have to have that love and compassion, as I've mentioned before that's the main ingredient right there because you can do whatever you do uh, throughout the day for them. If you're, if you're doing it with love and compassion, everything is going to fall into place and it's going to be a great place to be. Um, I think in looking for a community, there is no perfect place and um, you're not going to find total 100% perfection, but you get those that strive. Look for those that strive for the best for your loved one and uh, the best for your you as a family. And uh, so, so tell our listeners, and um, you know, you work for Beehive Homes of Spring, and um, and so tell me a little bit about um, about your facilities about here yes, yes. Uh, we have we're 16 private uh, rooms and it's a smaller community and i feel in smaller communities i've worked in small communities and i've worked in large communities and i feel that the small community um, is a better atmosphere 
for the people because there's more interaction um, with the resident because you, you have more time with them and um, you can spend that with them. You can take a little bit with the family as well, you know, um, activity wise. Um, activities are one thing that you definitely want to be and want them to be involved in keeping their mind busy as, as busy as possible. And uh, because you're going to have some that they're beyond an attention span and it may be a little more one-on-one, -on -one, um, even walking with them and talking to them while they walk or helping them get from one place to another. Um, in any type of activity that you can create. Um, I believe here we offer uh, a lot of those things and uh, just that loving, compassionate atmosphere, the feel of home, because um, it's more of a home-like setting. And uh, I think that's, that's very, very important. So tell somebody how they find you. Well, you can find me uh, on our uh, website. You can go to Beehive Homes of Spring Assisted Living and Memory Care. We're at uh, http forward slash forward slash beehivehomes.com. And um, or you can reach me by phone anytime. I'm here for you. And that's 346-442-4234. And I would be happy to answer any uh, questions I could or any way that I could help someone. So I appreciate it with you being on the show today and all your good information and I uh, look forward to talking again to you soon. All right. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcasts as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.